What's up, everybody? Let me begin today with an apology for those who listened to Tuesday's podcast on the first fruits before I had the chance to pull it down and upload a corrected version. If you listened to the messed up version Tuesday morning, I am sorry for the confusion. Due to the constant jet noise where I live, I often have to record an episode multiple times or in pieces and then edit them and splice them together to get one complete episode. Well, Tuesday, uh, the original message Tuesday morning got completely messed up. I, apparently I skipped lines in my in my notes and cut off pieces and left out p- details regarding the the timing of the crucifixion and death and burial of, of Christ. So when I got up Tuesday morning, something told me to listen to it. So I did, and I was horrified because it sounded like I was implying that Jesus was crucified at 3 p.m. and then buried before sundown. So I have no idea what happened or how I missed it. But let me assure you, the intent was to focus on the timing of his death, which was approximately 3 p.m. or the ninth hour, and his burial shortly after, uh, which came, of course, before sundown. You know, the Bible is very clear about the hour Jesus of Jesus' crucifixion and death. Mark 15, uh, 25 tells us that his crucifixion began at the third hour, which is approximately 9 a.m., and his death occurred at the ninth hour, which is approximately 3 p.m. It just happened on Thursday, not on Friday. That being said, I just wanted to clarify those details so as not to confuse or mislead anyone who may have heard the original episode that got all messed up. The timing of his crucifixion had had to coincide with the sacrifice of the Passover lamb in the temple and the preparing of his body and burial had to coincide with the preparing of the Passover feast or Seder. Um... Just like the offering of the first fruits had to coincide with his resurrection, he was demonstrating that all of those things were pointing to him and were symbolic of the work he came to do for the forgiveness of sin and redemption of mankind. Now, let's move on to the purpose of this episode, which is to talk about the next feast in the lineup. The fourth feast is called Shavuot or Festival of Weeks, seven weeks to be exact in this case. Christians have come to know it as Pentecost. The day the Holy Spirit was poured out on the believers. The day the church was essentially born. But its origins, biblically speaking, go back to Exodus. And more specifically to the time when the Torah was given on Mount Sinai following the Exodus from Egypt. Shavuot is directly linked to Passover and the Feast of First Fruits. Shavuot means weeks. You know, in Hebrew, the word Shiva or Sheva means seven. And Shavuot means week. And Shavuot means weeks, exactly seven in this case, okay, or 49 days. The number 49 is significantly important in the Bible. You know, in the Bible, the nation of Israel, after completing seven years, you know, all debts were were to be canceled. This was God's timing for cancellation of all debts. You know, don't you wish that still applied uh, for us today? Um, But anyway, and seven times seven equals 49. So, After completing seven, seven seven-year periods, 49 years, then they were to designate the 50th year to be the year of release or jubilee. And some argue over whether it was on the 49th year or uh, the 50th year, but the Bible refers to it as uh, on the 50th year. Uh, So from what I can tell, so the 50th year marks the year of release. Uh, So after completing 49 years, then uh, they're to celebrate you know, the Jubilee. And according to Leviticus 25, starting with verse 8, all prisoners and captives 
were set free. All slaves were released, all debts were forgiven, and all property was returned to its original owners. Uh, in addition, all labor was to cease for one year, and those bound by labor contracts were released from them. One of the benefits of the Jubilee was that both land and people were able to rest for that year. I think I will, in the future, I'll do an episode in the near future, should I say, on the year of Jubilee and the laws that surround it. It really is an awesome story with an even more incredible message of grace and rest and redemption and liberation. Now, so why is this relevant to Shavuot? Because on the week of Passover, starting with the Feast of First Fruits, which takes place uh, on the day after the Sabbath, uh, they were to count off seven weeks or 49 days. And after completing those 49 days, on the 50th day, they were to celebrate Shavuot or the Festival of Weeks. This is where we get the term Pentecost. It is the Greek term for 50th. How interesting is that because the number five is the number of grace and the number 10 signifies God's complete order and law, hence the Ten Commandments. We will come back to this point in a minute though. So after seven weeks on the 50th day, also known as the Jubilee of Days, uh, they were to present the first fruits of their new grain harvest. This was a festival that was one of the three pilgrimage festivals, meaning all the males were required to travel to the temple uh, or tabernacle and present themselves and their grain offering before the Lord. This was to commemorate God's gift and provision of food. It was also to celebrate the giving of the Torah. Now, in contrast to the Passover, this feast, oddly enough, is accompanied by two loaves of leavened bread, but... That's for another day, another discussion. Even though there is mention of an ancient grain harvest, this feast is meant to celebrate two things. God's provision of food in the form of the grain harvest, and more importantly, the day the Torah was given to Israel. The biblical roots of Shavuot or Pentecost come from the days after the exodus from Egypt. After traveling 49 days uh, to Mount Sinai, the, the people set up camp around the mountain, and on the 50th day, God spoke to the people from the mountain, revealing the first two commandments. Uh, he spoke directly to the people. You know, this was the day that God revealed himself to the people as a whole and gave them the word. It gave birth to the Torah or law. It was here that Judaism was essentially born, and the covenant was made between God and Israel. After God revealed, um, revealed himself and you know, spoke to the people, revealing the first two commandments, then the people drew back in fear and stood far off and asked Moses to be their mediator. And that is when Moses, of course, you know, went up uh, the mountain and God gave him the rest of the Ten Commandments, you know, the Torah. So Shavuot was the day God revealed himself to the people, Israel, to the, to the community of Israel, and made a covenant with them blessing them with his word um, and with the covenant. It is also fascinating that before God descended on the mountain to reveal himself to the people, God told Moses, so a few days before the 50th day, uh, three days before exactly, God told Moses, be ready on the third day, for on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. You know, And Jesus told his disciples to be ready for on the third day after his death, he would rise again. And he would appear, you know, to the people, and he just like he did, you know, it's just something that I found interesting. 
But back to what I was saying, the rest of the Torah came later, but the day of uh, Shavuot was when God revealed himself and gave them his word and made a covenant with them. Likewise, on the day of Shavuot or Pentecost, uh, the day we refer as Christians to the day of Pentecost, God revealed the Holy Spirit to the to the people as the Spirit fell upon the believers in that upper room in the the means of tongues of fire. So this gave birth to the church with whom a new or better covenant was made. And the 3,000 that came to faith that day um, when the Holy Spirit fell on the believers, uh, they were the first fruits of this new covenant. On Mount Sinai, God gave his people the word. And on Mount Zion, God gave his people the comforter, his, his spirit, the Holy Spirit. At the first Shavuot, God made a covenant with his people and wrote his word on stone tablets. But at Pentecost, he made a new covenant and wrote his word on the hearts of the believers. Now, the Holy Spirit would dwell within each believer, teaching them and guiding them in the ways of the Lord. Pentecost takes place on the 50th day which happened to be a Sunday. Like I was saying earlier, this is as significant because 50 is 5 times 10, and 5 represents the grace of God. You know, God shows his goodwill toward man, and 10 can represent testimony in God's complete order. So at Pentecost, God pours out his grace by giving us the Holy Spirit as a testimony of his grace. And the church is born and brings forth the new covenant that Jesus talked about with his disciples. I mean, isn't it incredible how the Old Testament ways, laws, customs, etc. give a deeper understanding of what we celebrate today under the new covenant? So far, we have learned that the feasts of Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits foreshadowed Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, which occurred exactly at the same time as the feasts were being celebrated. Without studying the Old Testament, you can't understand why uh, Jesus is the lamb that was slain and why he referred to his body as the unleavened bread and why he referred to his to the wine as his blood. You know, then we see Shavuot or Pentecost and the giving of the Torah and the establishment of the first covenant and how it coincides exactly with the giving of the Holy Spirit and the bringing forth of the new covenant with the establishment of the church. The Old Testament shows us why everything happened the way it did in the New Testament. God in all his goodness began to awaken the Israelites slowly, showing them who he is and was through the plagues and and exodus from Egypt, the miracles that he performed and all that as they moved toward Mount Sinai. Um, and he began to separate them you know, from the pagan false practices that they picked up in Egypt, you know, setting them apart as his treasured people with an estab- with and establishing them under the first covenant. Likewise, Jesus began to awaken uh, the people and re- slowly revealing who he is and was through the signs and miracles during his ministry. He began to speak of a new covenant by which he would separate the believer from the unbeliever. Jesus essentially set the believers apart as his treasure people, the bride of Christ. That is why Romans twelve two says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Also, in the same way, God chose Israel out of the nations of the world to be his covenant people, and they were hated. Jesus says he chose us to be the believers, and that is why the world hates us. John fifteen nineteen says, if you, belong to the, if you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. 
and as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. God called the Jewish people out and caused them to be set apart. And Jesus mirrored that when he called the church out and set us apart. Shavuot celebrated the provision and giving of the written word of God. And Pentecost celebrates the provision and blessing of the Holy Spirit, the giving of the Holy Spirit and the birth of that you know new covenant. Now, okay, guys, that is it for this episode. I will try to get another episode out tomorrow, but I will be traveling on vacation with the family uh, next week. So there will be, um, after tomorrow, there'll be no new episodes until I return. Um, and I won't be back. So uh, for a week or so, the new episode after tomorrow will drop on Wednesday, April the 20th. So you guys be safe, have a great um, Passover week, um, Easter Sunday, etc. And I pray that you just have a great time with, with family and just continue to grow in your faith. And I'll, and I'll uh, make sure I have that new episode out by uh, April 20th when I return. So with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, God, for your written word and the blessings contained in it. I pray that when the celebration of Pentecost gets here, that we remember its roots and celebrate the giving of the Holy Spirit to each believer in the fullness of your word. I pray that as Easter Sunday, um, for lack of better names, uh, approaches that we do not forget its roots either as we express our gratitude for the Passover lamb of God and his death, burial, and resurrection. With all the stores stocked with bunnies and Easter eggs and candy, I pray that we would not forget that it is about the lamb, not the bunny. It is about the bread that was broken, not the egg cracked open. It is about an empty tomb, not a golden egg with a prize inside. Let your people rise up, not to be judgmental about these things, but to speak the truth in love. We are a people called out and set apart from this world, so help us, Lord, to stand out and not conform to it. Guide us so that we may shed light on the lies of the enemy and put the focus back where it belongs, on the risen Savior, our Redeemer, the King of Kings. Amen.